0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to OT Ladies. This is Sarah again.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Dana. Welcome to OT Ladies podcast. Guest speaker today, Linda Kai, and we're going to talk about animal assisted occupational therapy services.
0: Welcome, Linda. Hi, Hi, Linda. Hi, ladies. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Nice to be here. Great. So first, you have a lot of great experiences we've talked about briefly, but, you know, what are some of the experiences that led you into this topic of animal-assisted occupational therapy? Well,
2: I would say that from a very young age, I've always had an affinity with animals. And although I hadn't had animals in my life at a young age, um, we had a couple of cats and that type of thing. But, um, you know, I progressed to taking care of people's horses Um, My father was a photographer and a filmmaker. I spent time with him and that led me into further photography and working with photographers that did work with animals. And um, I did do some work um, for about six years with swam with the manatees in Florida and Mm -hmm. um, did some photography with them which was just so amazing being with them, as well as um, spending time with dolphins, swimming with the dolphins, not only, only in Florida, but off of Catalina Island as well, um, Catalina Island, California. And wow. um, and just, you know, when you have experiences with animals, mammals, it's just, you know, it, I, I think it, it just sort of gets in your blood and you just mm-hmm. really either you want to spend more time or or not and that's how it's been with me i just feel like they have a lot of good healing energy and want to have relationship with humans and so it's brought me to
0: where i am right now oh my gosh that's
2: incredible (laughs) i love the manatees part that's
0: going to stick in my head for a long time (laughs) swimming with the manatees and
2: manatees are awesome yeah how fun Very, very peaceful creatures just Just curious, peaceful, gentle creatures. They're big. Of
1: course. course, That's awesome. So, Linda, I know you have um, a horse, a call, and then you have a cute dog named Bear, right?
2: Yes. Um,
1: mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead.
2: Okay. Um, Call, he is Yankees Last Call. That's his his (laughs) name. Actually, it's somewhere. Yankees yeah. the last. Killer. That's his whole name, and um, he's a fullbred Clydesdale. He is my very first horse. Although I've taken care of other people's Aww. horses, um, now Call, as we call him, like phone call, <laughs> and we have had him for seven years, and um, and then who is a golden retriever and a service animal. He is the second service animal that I've trained. We've had a service animal, George Bailey, who is also a golden retriever okay. trained, and he he's certified and registered. Both were are were and are certified registered service animals.
1: Awesome, that's great. Uh, well, I just uh, side note: I had a privilege to actually take a picture with Call. know he's a beautiful uh, horse and that was (laughs) that was amazing to just like being around call um, for Mm -hmm. actually a few um, minutes or 15 minutes so um so we're going to just know what is actually animal assisted therapy is so it's called it's uh, services or interventions that usually um someone in healthcare like an occupational therapy will deliver these services or anybody who has some sort of certification in animal assisted therapy can deliver these um, services and usually um, um, these professionals they document what they do and according to AOTA American Occupational Therapy Association framework in 2014 They said that pet care is an uh, IADL or Instrumental Activity of Daily Living. So, Sarah, what do you think why they say pet care is an IADL?
0: So, it's an instrumental activity, so it's very important to people, uh, unlike, you know, bathing or eating. It's mm-hmm. not essential, so that's why it's not an ADL. But it's it's very important, and I think that you know pet care falling under IDL. It's not a leisure, it's not a play activity. It's very important to people. It has a little bit different of a meaning, and I think it's yeah. appropriately placed where it is under IDL. Yeah. So that's being said, Linda, what uh, what do you
1: think um, IDL means to you when you're working with a round bear? what kind of a carry the horse or the dog needs what do you think
2: well um, I would say that um, you know it's all about relationship and how the say for an example um, a client or I'm a caregiver so how um, my client um, actually could use um have a little bit more relationship. Um, not just he might not spend so much time with people, mm-hmm. but he will spend time with the animals. And it's not that the animals per se are a substitution for the people, but the animals are a complement to to the um, having um, being with humans on a on a daily basis. Um, yeah. My the my client he um, he is disabled so he's in a wheelchair he can't get around a lot so yeah. it's easier for him to be at home or in a comfortable safe situation or area and um, you know having a service animal close to him you know does bring a level of comfort and to me that is instrumental it's just having that aspect. Um, available
1: for you spending time around um, call how much day on a daily basis like how much time do you spend around him like what kind of a care he needs on a daily basis let's say like from eight o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning do you spend time like more than four hours taking care of horse every day or is it less than that
2: um, well, it, it's actually more than that. You know, I I sort of get up at the crack of dawn, you know, oh dark hundred <laughs> is is kind of when I get mm-hmm. up. And um and that's because, you know, there are barn chores because of course, you know, a horse, um, animals need to be maintained just mm-hmm. like we would maintain ourselves, you know, get up, yeah. wash your teeth, wash our face, you know, and all that good stuff. So, um, um, And animals and service animals, I feel, are very much creatures of habit. And the more that you instill the organization into them of, okay, we eat at this time, we groom at this time, um, we spend time together listening to music while I'm doing some of those activities, which is very, um, they both, all, both of them both bear and call enjoy music quite a bit so um mm-hmm. so i spent time with them um listening to music and you know cleaning up or or taking care of their areas or exercising them which is yeah. very important the physical and the mental exercise so it's um i would spend six to eight hours i would say per day with both of them combined if not more and Mm -hmm. i would like to also interject that i don't spend that time with them alone my client also spends time with them during that time period Mm -hmm. because it is helpful for them for um you know whether it's a a person who's disabled or a shadow or that type of thing you know, or rehabilitating, you know, occupational therapy, physical therapy, that type of thing, whether they're, they're rehabilitating from a stroke or an injury or something like that.
0: I feel exactly. it's
2: very helpful for them to have that type of interaction. And it may just be sitting out in the sun close to them, but mm-hmm. I will tell you, you know, if, if, if your client has an opportunity to groom the animal, pet the animal, have the animal close, you know, touch is very key and very important, just as it is with having OT. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. touch is amazing.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's really interesting that you point that example out because I remember before I started occupational therapy, OT's grad school, I worked in a hippotherapy clinic and Mm -hmm. ranch where they did just that and part of the therapy they would do with occupational therapy was getting the horse ready, grooming the horse, interacting mm-hmm. with the horse. And it was just beautiful to see these kids. That, for example, uh, many children with autism who are not very good socially, you know, with between individuals have this relationship of, oh, mm-hmm. I, I pet the horse, okay, I groom the horse. And then ironically, they would sometimes be able to start translating how they're caring for the horse to how they're yeah. grooming themselves, how mm-hmm. they're able to socialize with others. You know, it's a, it's a slow process, but that itself was able to foster a little bit of a sp- appropriate social interaction, so very mm-hmm. powerful. And I think mm-hmm. we're we're at a good time to talk about too that there's a lot of significant uh, research for animal-based therapy, and it's definitely growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, there was um, there's a human-animal yeah. interaction model, and there's a lot of uh, dynamic associations between animals and people and the overall well-being and health uh, in this yeah. article by uh, McCardle in 2011, and then as a side note, I know in my grad school program, two of the people that mm-hmm. presented their research at the end of the year actually did it on animal, like, therapy between, a, like, a patient and an OT and some kind of animal, and there's a lot of studies that are starting to emerge the benefits of that kind of interaction, so... That's
1: amazing. It's like we can tell
0: that it's definitely beneficial, but research is starting to show that too. So very exciting. That's amazing. Yeah,
1: Sarah, um, actually, um, I know there is an area that um, they are working not only with uh, children and doing hypotherapy also, but also they do... Uh, hypotherapy with a woman who are um, emotionally and physically being um, abused oh. and um, a woman who um, have, uh, you know, um, issues with connecting emotionally again and due to, you know, any sort of um, neglect or abuse um, in the past. So they're also working with that area, I mean, with adults as well, which is a very nice thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so that shows how much this uh, field is going to grow and uh, get better. And so that being said, um, I know Linda, you do have um, call in Barry, and um, <laughs> yes. So what kind of a um, what kind of a uh, kind of a certification do we need, or OTs, or other healthcare professionals? They need to actually go through the training. Do you, do you know about that, or is it something I, like courses? I, forces- I go
2: ahead. could I could make recommendations and suggestions. Um, I because you're the professionals with OT. <laughs> I I don't know how much background um, you have um, in regard to this, sure. but as Sarah was just mentioning. You know more and more the animal based therapy is is proving itself out to be very key Mm -hmm. with the patient ot animal relationship um but what i would say is that um primarily i i would say that it's kind of like a basic program of assessing the needs assessing the needs of of the client, and at the same time assessing the animal, you know, evaluating the animal um, as the animal is being trained to make sure that it has uh, the level of concentration. That, because some animals it's like it's all about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And that they really don't make, you know, really good therapy animals, but there are certain breeds actually that do make great therapy animals and you had mentioned call um you uh-huh. and just to give a brief background about him um and horses in general yeah. is that um horses are hot bloods warm bloods and cold bloods generally speaking oh wow and, and the hot blood is like a thoroughbred boy he wants mm-hmm. to run; he can't wait to get out of the gate and you can't stop him type of thing well, Clydesdales are cold bloods. They come from Scotland. They were bred with Flemish mares, cold environment, cold blood horses. Uh-huh. They're large horses. They love to work. They, you know, they till the fields, they pull wagons and that type of thing. Oh, wow. And they're, they're animals that are naturally of service. Mm-hmm. So they make very good service animals and they make very good, to me, I'm just telling you, this is my my experience, my personal experience, mm-hmm. is that they, they love being of service, and they love working. So because of that aspect, it's, as an example, my client comes over to him, call, drops his head, which is a submissive thing to do. <laughs> he will mm-hmm. drop his head and come close to him. And you know, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a, a thoroughbred that's going to be doing something like that, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. But, um,
2: so um, so there's um, particular steps that I would say for therapists to, to know and to understand about assessing mm-hmm. the animal and the traits of the animal and the breeds of the animal just to make sure that the strengths are there that can actually promote and be... Uh, truly of service and be of service in the therapy realm so to speak that's so uh-huh. true that
0: you point that out because it's it's interesting you bring this up because there is one occupational therapist we have in both our inpatient and outpatient departments that has mm-hmm. a therapy animal and okay. we might have her on at a later point too because she didn't train the animal herself she actually applied through an agency was on a wait list for like three years And got her service animal and she filled out this whole criteria of what she was looking for in terms of personality, in terms of temperament. And then she actually had to pick what preferred breed for a dog. And she picked between a gold retriever and a lab. She actually asked for a mix because it's kind of Mm -hmm. like the intelligence and the temperament of both.
1: But mm-hmm. apparently
0: a little bit more mellow, you know, a, a combination is how she described it. Now, she would be the expert to answer that. But she was saying that breed is very important for service dogs. And I can imagine it's it's true for multiple animals. You know, animals have a personality through multiple, especially okay. with the breeds, the purebreds, that they're out there in the world now. So okay. that can definitely factor yeah. into it. But very okay. interesting.
1: Even the cats. Um, I do have a tuxedo cat, a black and white cat. <laughs> that I would definitely Aww. say that she has. She she's she has personality. Uh, interesting personality to herself. But um, I'm glad that I can. Um, we can see that occupational therapists are using. Um, not using. I mean, uh, they can get assistance from animals to help their clients and patients, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, animals can help. OTs uh, for you know helping clients to reach their goals and helping with ADLs A and IADLs, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Also, I want to mention that animal assisted um, therapy is different from animal assisted activities. So, animal assisted mm-hmm. therapy usually the client um, is work we're working with the therapist with an animal. Uh, versus animal assisted activities are people who bring their pets um, it could be dogs or pigs or cats <laughs> to you know hospitals or nursing homes and even to libraries to interact uh you know with with human beings and you know with other people so um that being said, I was just asking a few therapists around, uh, you know, in different states that what kind of animals they usually think that it's beneficial to patients to bring into the clinic or the hospital. It oh. was it was very acute stories that the therapists, um, including OTPT in speech, uh, oh. they were saying um, they bring sometimes a goat like a baby goat to the clinic. <laughs> And uh, some people were saying they use a bird um, in the clinic and uh, the the patients love the bird. Um, There was a a pediatric clinic that they had a saltwater tank that they do have a different, you know, fish and all those creatures inside of it. And kids usually really love it. And they come into the clinic to do their therapy, but they also connect with even fish and crabs and all those, um, you know, the, the saltwater creatures so it was interesting to see that um, also they they mentioned they use dogs um, is it llam- llamas uh, I don't know it's llamas. Well, I'll small. take your word for it <laughs> yeah, small camel I could say yeah <laughs> And then dogs and all that, yeah, so... But do you think, though,
0: just to be controversial, do you think those animals are trained to the same level that, like, Linda has put in and other, you know, people that have trained animals? Or is it just, like, more of, okay, here's an animal, pet it, interact with it? You know, what is the... What do you think is is the...
1: Good question, (laughs) Sarah, because, yeah, as I mentioned, I guess those animals, like, you know, um, cats, I would say, or birds, they usually involve in animal assisted activities, mm. but when it comes, I, yeah, go ahead, Linda. I'm sorry. Um,
2: I, I'm agreeing with you, and um, if I just may interject here, is that um, Sarah? What you were saying is that animals, the beauty of animals, is that they they have basically unconditional love. Mm-hmm. You know, they're givers. They're whether like it's a goat or a pig or a llama or a cat. You know, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. like like what denna was saying that people go, "Oh, look at the oh, cute animal," mm-hmm. and I, that type of thing. And then at the same time, and then on the other hand, so to speak, what denna was saying about um the assistance aspect of it. And if I may, if now's a good time, i I'd, I'd love to share with you a little bit about the animal-assisted aspect of um, a bear, as an example. Okay, so um, so my client has, we have two bags. One is called, we call it a med bag, and uh-huh. the other one we call the red bag. Oh. And, yeah, and the med bag has um, testing kits for diabetes, you know, the tests yep. and that type of thing. The red bag has the blood pressure cuff in it. So, what I say to Bear is, bring the med bag. And I said, bring it to him, bring it, good, drop it, give it to him, and he picks it up from wherever it is, and we have it in a certain, um, I have it in a certain spot in the living room. He picks it up, he brings it over, he drops it and gives it to him, and then I said, and then I say bring him the red bag. And at first, because the red bag is the newer one, we were like, Well, maybe we should call something different because red and med sound so close, you know. <laughs> and, and so so we were like, Oh, maybe we should call something else, but you know what? We started calling it the red bag and he knows the med bag, which is a green bag. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and the difference between the med bag and the red bag. So all is well, but Part of that is the intelligence and the intelligence of the breed, like you were mentioning about um, uh, about your associate with yeah. um, talking, saying, "Hey, I want a golden retriever or lab because they, you know, they've got a. I call it his nugget, bear's nugget. He's got a, <laughs> he has a golden nugget, and his his brain is a golden oh. nugget. He's really, oh. really in tune that way. So, and it wasn't. And once the service animals, if I just may um, say, is that once they know that this is their commission, that this is what they do and their job, quote unquote, is that when you introduce something new to them, they pick it up. More, I find that they pick it up more readily. It's like, okay, you're telling me something now that I need to do, and it's now I'm I'm in you know, sixth grade or seventh grade or eighth grade, you know, I've graduated and now there's more to know and more to do. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, yeah
2: I that. so anyway, just wanted to interject. That, that right
1: that no, that's amazing. great. Thank, Thank you for sharing, Linda. Sure. Yeah. Um, also, I think one important thing when we, um, anybody or have, um, have pets at home, animals are very sensitive to uh, kind of gets the the human vibes like if for instance if someone is sad on a day definitely animals can pick that vibe Mm -hmm. and if Mm -hmm. someone is stressed out at home it can reflect it easily to animals and um linda i guess i remember that from you that um you mentioned again one time um that Mm -hmm. if um animals usually they do have a weak immune system and if the owners are very stressed out often they can actually make the animal sick so quickly because animals are very sensitive as far as, you know, um, how their body is. I just want to mention that. So I guess it was just cute to share.
2: It can happen. Uh, George Bailey, rest his soul. He took on a lot with my first client and he, um, he was a very stoic golden retriever and he did take on a lot and I saw that happening and I did what I could to basically try to say to him you don't have to take all of this on and yet he did and when he passed away it was all of a sudden he had a seizure Mm-hmm. And he it, he did not last very long after that. And I reflected, I have reflected back on that. And I believe a lot of it is because he took on so much and he was so stoic about it. So it's, I think, to balance that out in, in not just in retrospect, Dana, and so yeah. not just in retrospect, but also... Um, Training service animals, I see that. I feel like it's important for to have fun themselves, to have their break times, their timeouts, whatever you want to call it. And with Bear as an example, I make sure that we have a good hour. Of we go out, he does. If he wants to be crazy and lie on his back and scratch his back in the grass and be goofy or whatever, (laughs) I make sure that he has that kind of time and I do believe that it will offer some longevity for him as a service animal because he is being himself.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's being a, a dog, guy. just being able to, <laughs> to be free and just just like restful, self care for him. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. self
2: care and a self preservation in a way too. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Everyone so, needs rest um, and relaxation, even animals. Yeah.
2: And we live and learn.
1: Exactly.
2: You know, we live and learn and um and so far so good. So <laughs> Aww. Aww. we live and learn, we live and learn, and um, boy, George Bailey, he was just like so, so dedicated, and they are, these golden retrievers, the labs are a very dedicated breed as well, so.
1: Awesome, that's great. So I hope in the future that um, there is more education and available, like, courses for anybody, like OTs, PTs, um, um, speech therapists, available that they can take it and they can educate get the certification and hopefully there would be more funds out there that people can invest in you know animal assisted therapy
0: i think there is some dana because in in the uh, bay area i'm up in northern california there is a little there's some classes and like i know in mm -hmm. in my ot school one of my main instructors, one of the full-time instructors, had a service animal, a golden retriever that was always with her. Um, uh-huh. service animal trained to you know open the doors and, and all of the above. And uh, part of our classroom and part of our graduation, uh, her name was Cammie, and she actually had a little grad cap, and she was there at the oh, graduation, no. and she walked out in the beginning. It was so cute, and uh, oh, I know no. my grandma's, one of my grandma's dogs when, when she was alive was named Cammie, so I was like, oh, this is special, Gold, both golden retrievers and Cammie, so, nice. um, and she was a big advocate for, you know, creating, you know, programs and allowing for animal assisted therapy, oh, God, yeah. and uh, and I think that that was part of kind of our education in our program and also like little in-service. And then now that I've graduated, one of my fellow uh, mm-hmm. graduates from San Jose State, uh, several years before me, she's the one that has the uh, service dog at my facility. And uh, luckily, my facility was a big organization, big hospital uh, provider yeah. uh, allows for the service animals and is fully supportive of it Amazing. And, and in the hospital it looks a little bit different than the outpatient but it's good there's a whole routine that if you go into certain rooms how how you have to to clean the animal's paws yeah. with certain oh. disinfectant you know and then mm-hmm. of course the very contact uh, plus rooms and contact not to have the animal go in so there's, there's kind of protocols for that. But overall, it, it can really be a, a positive thing for, you know, these people of that are course. sick. Not just the pediatric, you know, the hippotherapy with the horses, with kids, or other populations. But but as you mentioned, Linda, you know, animals definitely have a very positive emotional effect for people. And mm-hmm. to be able to interact with the animal on its own oh. is a very beautiful thing. And it can it kind of take people out of the seriousness or... You know, kind of the things they're going through and, and be able to just mm-hmm. be like, oh, that dog, I want to pet it. Is that okay? <laughs> well, so. um, speaking about the
2: seriousness of it, Sarah, mm-hmm.
0: you
2: know, I think it helped that service animals help people to reconnect and continue to connect with core feelings such as love. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Caring, Tender loving care, unconditional love, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Because you know, you look in, you look in their eyes, and they'll look in, say, "Okay, I'm here for you."
1: Oh, so sure. <laughs> My heart is all with you know animals, cats, dogs, everything you can name of. I love them. I love them. Um, I love them to the point that I found a cute quote for the day from um, unknown author. Um, it says the best therapist has fur and four legs.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> we can't compete with that, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You're right. <laughs> <know.
1: laughs> I don't know. Maybe you can uh, I, I? Don't know. Maybe you can replace even the the human babies <laughs> with just a fur baby. Fur babies. Long <laughs> fur babies. <laughs> Well, thank
0: you, <laughs> Linda. This is wonderful. Thank you, Linda. Yeah, thank you. You Linda are very
1: so welcome. Thank for, you so much, ladies, yeah. for
0: having with
2: you tonight.
0: This was <laughs> great. Great topic.
1: Yeah, thank you, everybody. It was great. Um, it was great to have you both, and um, it was a great topic. Thanks.
0: All righty. Well, thank you both for joining us, and thank you, everyone, listening. And we'll see you next time at OT yep. Ladies. Yeah, thank you everybody. Have a great night. Be safe out there. Have a
1: good <laughs> Take care. Thanks. Bye, thank Linda. you. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye for now.